Well, are you guys ready to get in the word this evening? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We started last week uh, a series of how to, how to find, discover God's plan and purpose for your life. It is so important in these final days, like on Sunday, we, we started a series on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. These are going to really fit together very well. This series is of so much importance. If you're younger, you might think, well, you know, I'm younger. So I, you know, I, I know God's will for my life. It's to finish high school. It's to finish college. It's to finish elementary school, whatever that is. But listen, this series is for you because you have to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. You may sitting here going, you know what? I've already finished my career and I'm in my retirement years. So it's all kind of locked. Yeah, Jeannie's like, yes, I just, I just retired. So now, now she raised her hand. She just volunteered for everything at the church. That's awesome. That's awesome. She just been relaunched. That's good. Praise God. But, but you know, you might sit here and go, well, no, you know, my life is kind of just already set. But it's for you too because discoveries, discovering God's plan and purpose for your life could be if sickness or disease comes against your body, you need to know how to discover and walk out God's plan for your life, which is healing, divine health, and divine life. If you're in debt tonight, you need to know that you know that you know that poverty, lack, debt is not God's will for your life and you need to discover his will for your life. You might be sitting here going, I really want to buy a house, but I just don't see any way. I really want to have more children, but I just don't see any way. All of these things, you have to know. The Bible says, don't be unwise, Ephesians 5, 17, but understand what my will is for your life. God is saying that to his children. So this is important. And there are some different things that are so important. Um, I'll kind of let the cat out of the bag ahead of time. We're going to see four aspects from the word of God that this is just not taught. But there are four things that work together in every one of our lives that help us discover God's plan and purpose for our life. First of all, and we've been talking a little bit about it, we're going to go into it more tonight, about desires. God will give you the desires of your heart, which are expressions of his will for your life as you delight in his word. That's how he's able to give them to you. And they will work with your gifts in every one of you, before you were ever born, God put gifts inside of you. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. They never change. They're in you. So you have desires and you have gifts. But it's not enough just to have the gifts. you got to have the grace. A divine deposit, very specific to your life so that, see, I am graced to be the senior pastor of Faith Family Church. There's a special grace on my life that will empower the gifts that God has already placed within me. Well, how did I ever find that out? Because he gave me desires, and so they were all exposed, right? And then the fourth aspect is see, I could have the grace of God, great, right? I could have these gifts, that's great. I could have this desire to do what God has called me to do, whatever that is. But I need the fourth thing. I need faith, right? I need faith. We're saved by grace, but through faith. So in order for the grace to literally empower these gifts to fulfill the desire, 
I need faith. And tonight, and, and we're going to talk about this in the upcoming weeks, that you have been given a very special, unique, only to you, faith to empower the very special, specific grace that God has for your life so that you can walk out the desires of your heart and that you can operate in all of these gifts. So we're going to talk about this. It's so important. So let's go to back to Jeremiah chapter 10. This is a wonderful scripture. Jeremiah chapter 10. You know, actually, before we go there, let's, let's rehash a little bit. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 9. Let's go there first because we, we, we want to see this. In 1 Corinthians, and I apologize, I, um, I have 26 pages of notes for tonight, so I have a feeling we won't get through them, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it tells us a fact of our life. And he's going to quote, Paul is going to quote Isaiah 64, 4. It says this, but as it is written, Isaiah 64, 4, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Wow. We see in this scripture that the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, this is talking about God's plan and God's purpose for your life. Natural human reasoning, you'll never be able to figure it out. And you've got to be very careful because the enemy will ignite. He'll get you not delighting in the word so that counterfeit desires, your own ideas mixed with emotions and feelings or whatever can lead you down a wrong path. You can't see the glorious plan that God has for you. And, and literally, many times, there will be a desire from God and you'll see no way for it to come to pass. And, and so, so we're going to show you how in every way you can see it. I mean, God wants you to see it, to perceive his plan, to know and understand his plan. The Bible goes on to say, nor ear heard. That means you've never heard it, right? It's never entered, it says heart. It's, this, it's the Greek word cardia. This Greek word, see many times where you see heart in the New Testament, it's talking about the spirit, right? In this situation, it is talking about your mind, your soulish realm. It is not entered into your mind. This Greek word cardia, it, it is literally a feminine noun. It literally means the seat of your desires and feelings, your affections and passions. It's talking about the mind, the soulish realm. So we see from this verse, it hasn't entered, literally, it hasn't entered your heart or your mind. Your eye can't see God's plan. Your ear can't hear it. You're like, well, that's great, thanks. I'm so glad I came tonight, so now I have no way of figuring out. And guess what? You're gonna stand before God very soon, right? And you're gonna give an account with what you did with what you were supposed to do on the earth. The, it's called the Bema seat. It's the judgment seat of Christ. We're not judged for sin, because guess why? Our sin's gone. We'll be judged for did we do what he's called us to do, so we need to know his plan, and guess what? Your mind can't figure it out, your eye can't see it, and your ear can't hear it. Interesting. Interesting. Verse, verse 10, thank God for verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Skip over to verse 12, and then it seals the deal for us. It says, now... We have received not the spirit of the world, but this, we have received 
the Spirit, which is of God. Why? That we may know the things freely given to us by Him. Isn't that good news? We are to know the things that He has freely given us. Now here's another scripture, and I want you to set your eyes on it. Jeremiah chapter 10 in verse 23. This is literally the Old Testament scripture. We'll really be able to understand it now under the, under the light of the New Testament truth that we just learned. Which can, We learned that New Testament truth as Isaiah 64.4 was quoted. So isn't it amazing we're going to look at the Old Testament at another scripture that was just revealed to us in the New Testament by the Old Testament. Why am I going back and forth? Don't throw out the Old Testament. But also don't try to understand the Old Testament before you understand New Testament principles. Right? So let's look at uh, Jeremiah 10, 23. This is a big one. Jeremiah the prophet, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, this is God-breathed. He says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Jeremiah, what do you mean? So glad you asked. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. We are not created to direct our own steps. Why? We can't even see them. We can't know them. It, it's not even entered our heart. So we, we need God. In other words, we are not created to do anything apart from Him. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I am so excited that, oh my gosh, now I don't have to direct my own steps. I don't have to find it out. God will show me everything every step of the way so that I don't ever have to guess. Isn't that good news? And I got to tell you, Christians are hurting. Christians are frustrated because they don't know what the plan is for their life. Some people think, well, you know what? This is just my cross to bear. And Jesus is going, no, you're trying to bear a cross that I already bore. Right? It's glorious, the plan that God has for your life. You don't want to stand before the Lord and all of a sudden he starts talking to you about some things that you were to do and you're standing there going, I, I think you're talking about somebody else because I didn't do any of that. Right? You, you don't want that. Well, the Bible is very clear. The good news of the gospel is God will direct your steps. Isn't that powerful? He'll direct your steps. So then we jumped over last week and we went to Psalm 37. So I want you to go to Psalm 37 again. We're going to just read over this and rehash a couple things and then keep going. Psalm 37, verse 1. Psalm 37, 1. Because in this passage in the book of Psalms, it lays out a progression that is amazing and then we'll see some things in the New Testament that'll kind of bring it together for us. Hallelujah. You know, for you parents... I want to encourage you. You know, I, when my mom got saved, I was two years old. So I ended up getting saved at four and a half years old in children's church. But then when I was seven and a half years old, so I went to children's church for just literally a couple years, like three years, and then we moved out of Chicago and then we moved to small towns. And so I grew up as a little kid in services. Don't think these little guys aren't getting stuff. 
The Holy Spirit's imparting things in their life. They might not understand some of the things that I say the way I say them, but I got to tell you, the Spirit of God will get it all over to them. I could, I could tell you this, Satan still lies to little kids. And God can stop all of that. And, and so, so expect that. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're coloring, crawling on the floor, just relax, right? You know, they might be a little louder than us, which might add a little excitement to our midst, which will be kind of cool, you know? But Jesus is excited. So during this short season that we're, that we're doing this, now listen, you know, we're looking forward to when they could get back in children's church and really be ministered to, but we believe they're going to be ministered to now. You know, I, I refuse to believe that this coronavirus, which is straight from the pit of hell, would ever cause our church to go backwards. We have not gone backwards. We will not go backwards ever, right? These, this is nothing more than, you know what? They're, they're birth pangs. That's all they are. Pestilence is a birth pain. Wars, rumors of wars, they're all birth pains. We don't get fearful. We get excited because we're like, man, we're about to see Jesus face to face. And it's not an escape theology, the rapture of the church. Oh, no, we do as the Bible says. You know, I love that scripture where it talks about live your life in such a way, I'm paraphrasing, that you would be counted worthy to escape the wrath that comes upon the earth. Did it, was I talking to you today, Jeanette? I think that word escape, were we talking about that? Yeah, well, the, word, the Greek word escape, I love that word. Because in the Greek, it means to vanish. That we would be counted worthy to vanish. I'm telling you, we're going to be out of here quick, right? But I got to tell you, this is not an escape theology. It's an acceleration theology. I love what Joe, Joe Morris says that. Man, we're at the end of the church age. Expect more birth pangs, but we're safe. We're going to prosper. We're going to increase and we're going to yield all of our fruit in our season. Amen. So Psalm 37.1 says this, fret not thyself. In other words, don't worry yourself. In other words, nobody can cause you to worry. You have to choose to worry for yourself. So the Bible's saying don't do that because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse 3, what do we do? We don't worry, but we, what do we do? We trust in the Lord and do good. You're not going to do good if you're not trusting in the Lord. Does that make sense? You won't be able to. It says, and that, so shall you dwell in the land. See, in order for you to dwell in the land, it's a progression. You have to be doing good. What is doing good? It's walking in the love of God. It's walking by the faith of God. Right? And, and, but, but see, here's the thing. You're not going to walk in the love of God, and you're not going to walk in the faith of God unless you trust him. So it's a progression. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shall you dwell in the land, and verily, or most assuredly, you shall be fed. This word fed, as I said last week, it means pastored. You'll be pastored. You'll be shepherded. It, it deals with your needs. It's dealing with the needs of your life. Trust in the Lord. Do good. You'll be on your path. You'll be in your land. And your needs will all be taken care of. Wow, that seems too good to be true. But we call too good to be true. You know what that word in the Greek means? The gospel. That's literally what that Greek word means. It's news that's so good, it's just too good to be true. See, until you get to the point to where you can trust God for the essentials of your life, you're never going to be able to step and walk in the desires of your heart. And that's where life gets really good. That's where the joy of the Lord, the strength of God, the peace of God is just stirring out, out of you. Just, it's, just, it's just coming out of you because you're so excited. Proverbs chapter 3, in verse 5 and 6, you don't have to turn there, just stay in Psalms. 
but it says it very well. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean, don't rely on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge or consider him and then he will direct your paths. And we learn from Jeremiah that he's got to direct our paths because we're not made to direct our own paths, right? So let's keep going in Psalm 37. Verse 4 says this, and this is where we really camped, and this is the first part. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires plural, of your heart. And we said this last week, that the word desire, we have to be real clear about this word. It it's, comes from two, two roots, D-E, D, which means of. And then sire, S-I-R-E, the father. All true desires come from God. Oh, you'll have some counterfeit ones in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, but they're counterfeit. All true desires are from God. You'll have your own ideas, things that you think you want to do, but they pale in comparison to the desires of your heart. The word delight, the very foundation of this word, as we said last week, means to be pliable. When you're delighting, you're pliable. What that means is you're like clay on a potter's wheel. For you kids, you're like Play-Doh. You're pliable. You could be molded. So in order to get the desires of your heart, you just gotta, you gotta be at rest. You can't be all tense, worried, fretful, fearful, no, you're just at rest. You know that the, the author of your faith, Jesus, is also the developer and finisher and completer of your faith. That he's going to see you through. You know that you know that you know that the God of heaven, he is, he is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Right? As he was with Moses, so he will be with you. And he will not fail you, he'll never forsake you, and he'll see you through to the victory that he's provided for you in every situation of your life. So delight. This other, the rest of this word means, it literally means, it, it literally means that which gives you joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. Delight yourself in the Lord. And, and when, it when it talks about that which gives you joy, pleasure, and satisfaction, it literally means it is something that is the source of your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. Delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, Lord Jesus, you are the source of my joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. Oh, I enjoy things in my life, but you're the source. You're the reason for all of it. As you delight yourself in the Lord, he shall give you the plural desires. This word literally means of the Father, but literally this Hebrew word means that which you crave. It means that which you yearn for. Isn't that amazing? A wanting. It's something that you, you, it's not something that you need, it's something that you want. It's not the needs of your life. A desire from God, it's not, it's not a desire to pay your house off. Right? That's just, that's just part of your inheritance. The desire of your heart is, is part of his will for your life that's a yearning, a craving. It's something I must walk in. I want it. I don't need it, but I want it. All desires come from God as a result of delighting 
in the Lord. That is why most believers do not know and walk out God's plan for their life. They know a few scriptures on healing, but they never really lay hold of it so it manifests in their life because they've never delighted in the Lord enough to where they crave it and yearn it, yearn for it, right? You're designed to crave and yearn. That's why the Bible says things like, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? As the deer pants after the water brook, so does my soul just pant after you, O God. It's a yearning, it's a longing. I'm telling you, you should be able to see a child of God a mile away because they're just so excited. They're not moved by anything they face because they're living in a, in a world where they're one with Jesus and they're walking with him. It's not a religion. They're not trying to be accepted. They're so excited that they are accepted. I mean, it's just a whole different way of looking at it. This is the reason why most are not discovering. If you really want to be married and really want to meet that guy or that girl, you'll never find it if you're seeking that. If you really want to find out what God wants you to do for your life, you'll never find it seeking that. It'll all come from seeking him. And he's irresistible. And as you seek him, he'll add everything else to you. It's a wonderful way to live. These desires from God, they're expressions of his plan, his purpose, and his will for your life. As you delight in the Lord, as you delight in the Lord, these desires will literally increase to the point to where they will eclipse your own ideas, and any counterfeit things that the enemy's trying to do in your life. They will eclipse anything that your flesh wants to do. So the key is just delight in the Lord. This is a flow. It happens automatically. It's, it's how you're created. Isn't that good news? And, and here's the really cool thing. The Holy Spirit is down on the inside of you to lead you and guide you in all of this. So if you're believing God, like right now, and I don't know if it's just, well, no, I, I shouldn't say that. I do know there's people watching online right now, along with people that are sitting here right now, that are just going, this is my answer. I've been, I've been believing God, and I've been a little fearful and going back and forth and ready to give up sometimes in, in believing God for healing for my body but no more. Isn't that good news? It's, it's, he'll do it all. It's already yours. You don't have to earn it. You don't deserve it. It's yours. So just be healed. Receive it. Receive restoration and wholeness. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. If you stop delighting in the Lord, then what happens is these desires from God will begin to fade. It's like they go back down in your spirit. And, and what happens is now these counterfeit ones, along with a lot of fear and confusion, starts to surface. Now, they all surface on the outside of your life. The desires from God all come from the inside. See, if you have symptoms in your body, I don't know why I keep going this direction. Do you know symptoms in your body are on the outside? Your spirit has no symptoms of sickness and disease. Satan couldn't make your spirit sick. There's nothing he can do. So everything's on the outside. So when I say live on the inside, oh, fear feels like it's on the inside, but that's only because the thoughts come against your mind. Right? But no, no, no. It's all external. The desires from God will all come from the inside. Anything else comes from the outside. So rejoice in that. Hallelujah. Whichever desire that you feed, that's the one that will increase. 
whether it be the true desire from God or all this counterfeit nonsense that the enemy tries to do. Delighting in God is delighting in his word. You can never separate God from his word. I delight in the word of God. It's the source of my joy, my pleasure, and my satisfaction. I can go from feeling very dissatisfied to being, to being completely satisfied like that. So this is important. The will of God, as we said last week, will come into your life and into your heart in the form of his word. But the will of God will come out of your spirit, man, out of your heart in the form of desires. That's how it works. So, the word of God on the inside, as you meditate in it, must be translated or transformed, I guess would be a better word, into a desire. So to transform, to transform the word of God into a desire, you must meditate in the word of God. So this is why it's not enough to know a few scriptures. We don't just, actually, we don't read the Bible, we feed on it. Does that make sense? That's why when I peer into the revelation of God's word, I mean, there's some scriptures that just for months, I'm just rolling over every day. And, I, and you just see deeper and deeper and deeper into it. There's no end because there's no end to God. And it's wonderful. So we have to transform the word of God into a desire. We do that by meditating on the word. You've heard me say this, haven't you? Meditating in the word of God will take you from being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word. It's like it builds a bridge to take you from being a hearer to being a doer, and the doer is the one that's blessed. Delighting in the Lord, we said this, means that whatever gives him joy, pleasure, and satisfaction, that is what gives me joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. We said it this way, if you want desires from God, desire towards God. Now, as we're talking about all this stuff, doesn't it make sense why Satan throws thoughts to try to get you to look at something else? He always tries to get you, you know, he'll try to get you to look at other people. If you're going through stuff, you look at other people, you feel a little bit better because they look worse off than you, right? The source of all gossip is probably right there, right? It comes from a place that's just wrong. But literally, as you walk with the Lord, he wants you to walk in his desires. So to do that, we got to keep our eyes on him. Because the moment we take our eyes off him, we start being led by outward things in the natural, and it could only produce death. That's why the Bible says to be spiritually minded or to pay attention to these spiritual things is life and peace, but to pay attention to natural things is death. The moment you start finding joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in something other than what God finds joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in, his direction for your life ceases. And everybody said, ouch and amen, right? Right? But this is why we need each other. Because we need, we need to be in an environment of believers, of the love of God. We need to be in this environment where people, we can walk together. And we encourage and build up each other. This is why the enemy comes so against us gathering together in one place. He comes so against everything. He tries to use technology to get people to stay home 
And I'm not talking about this season, but I mean to stay home and not become planted in a local church because, man, you know, I was in a local church once and I got hurt. I mean, I could have, you don't have to raise your hands, but I'll guarantee every person sitting here has probably been hurt in a local church because in a local church, there's humans, right? Have you ever hurt? Don't, don't lift up your hand, just smile. Nobody will know it's you, right? Actually, give yourself a break. We all know it's you and us, <laughs> right? We've all hurt people. We've all done things that were not what we should do as a Christian. How did that happen? Is it because we're just horrible or because, oh, I know why. We're hypocrites. We're fakes. Nope. We just took our eyes off Jesus and we just leaned into the flesh. That's all we did. The good news is, and Satan hates you to know this, all you got to do is lean right back into the Lord. Right? There is therefore now no condemnation to those that be in Christ Jesus. I love that. So this is a big thing. God delights in his word. He delights in his word. So therefore, my delight must be in his word. Right? The thing that brings me the most joy, it's the source, pleasure and satisfaction in my life. All of it flows from his word. Because this is Jesus. It's how I know him. Hallelujah. If you don't live this way, he cannot give you desires, which means you won't know his will for your life and you'll never be able to fulfill his purpose. The exciting thing, guys, is we are living in the season of the greatest awakening and revival. We're waking up. We're going to walk this out. I mean, get ready. You're going to do a lifetime of ministry in a matter of probably just a few years. You're going to shock yourself when you meet yourself. And a lot of you know who you are, but I'm telling you, man, you see a certain distance, but he's going to show you more. Hallelujah. Delighting in the Lord is inseparable with delighting in his word. See, how do you know if you're delighting in the Lord? You, you know it by this. That literally, that there are desires that are coming up in your heart and you're pursuing them. If that's not you tonight, then you, it's just, it's not that you're a bad Christian, right? No, no, there are no bad Christians. Got to understand this. There's no bad children of God. Now, there's some Christians, children of God, who maybe have done some bad things. And we could all say, been there. But as you grow in the Lord, you realize I didn't have to. But, but where does all that come from? There's just distracted Christians. If you have a Christian brother or sister that's done you wrong, forgive them. They were just distracted. That's it. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how bad they hurt. Jesus knows. It's okay. And the Holy Spirit knows, and he'll lead you right into forgiveness. And forgiveness is just nothing else but a decision. It, it doesn't mean you condone what happened. No, we don't condone what happened. It doesn't mean you even have to trust the individual, but it sure will help you love the individual. Amen? Hallelujah. We should get a t-shirt made. No more distractions. So now, let's look at verse 5 of Psalm 37. Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And look at what it says. And he shall bring it to pass. What will he bring to pass? Every desire of your heart. Isn't that good news? God, I mean, God wants to give you and bring to pass every desire of your heart. In other words, his plan for you 
is that you live a life of your dreams and desires. So, now that we've reviewed, <laughs> we said a bunch of new stuff, but we also said a bunch of old stuff. So how, the question is, so how do I get from where I am right now to delighting in the Lord? That's the question. And I'm really glad all of you asked that question because now we can go on. That question will be answered as we learn about the desires, we get into the gifts. What is a gift? God's placed gifts inside of you. It had nothing to do with you, did it? Nothing to do with you. So, so in that, realize a gift is something that is just given to you. Right? So like, kind of like this. So if I wanted to give a gift, so let's say, Eliana, I, I think these, I've been told that these things are really cool. A squishy. I want to give you the gift of a squishy tonight. So there you go. So you didn't have to do anything to earn it, right? You don't deserve it. Does that make sense? It's a gift. In every one of you, God has given you gifts. Isn't that cool? So if I wanted to also, now, you know, I don't know if you really like race cars or not, but I want to give you this gift of some Legos. Can I give that to you? Awesome. So, so these two got gifts, proving, proving once and for all, it pays to come to church. <laughs> Amen. I have a feeling it will keep paying to come to church for these little ones, because I was having fun looking for gifts. I, I need help to get better gifts too, but, uh, but we'll start there. But you need, you need to know that God has placed things in you that are amazing, that the world needs right now. And, and the Holy Spirit, as you walk in these desires, what will happen is it will help you see your gifts. It's just, it's really amazing when you see that. So how do I get from here to delighting in the Lord? Number one, you must submit your life to the word of God. It's your final authority. Guys, I've been preaching for the last five years. It's been burning in my heart because I, I just, I can't tell you how much it burns in my heart for our people. This is not the time to pick and choose what part of the word of God you're gonna do. It, it's, it's, this is not the season to not honor God in your finances. Because we don't know how this whole thing's going to work out. But I know this, your job or your income is probably never going to be enough. And who knows, it might even go away. But God's financial increase for you is never to go away. It's always to increase. It just might look different. So honor God in your finances. It is not the time, it is not the time to not honor God in your love walk. Don't get rid of all unforgiveness. It's, it's time. It's time for us to look at the word of God, in other words, and submit to the written word of God. I walk in the love of God. It means I forgive. I trust in the Lord with all my heart, which means I'm able to trust people and open myself because I'm not really looking for them to be trustworthy. It doesn't matter to me. I can open myself to people because they can't hurt me. Because I'm not here to get anything from anybody. I'm here to give to people. Right? And I operate in the love of God, which never considers itself. So if I get stung, guess what? If I'm walking in the love of God, it doesn't sting. Does that make sense? So we submit to the word of God in every area. We progress from submitting to the written word, which causes us to walk in the spoken word, right? 
which means now I'm submitted to the written word that I'm reading and meditating on, and now what's happening is it gets down in my heart, and now it's in abundance in my heart, so now it's coming out of my mouth, and now I'm submitting to the spoken word, and all of it working together causes me to walk intimately with the living word. This is so important. See, you got to hear the word of God to delight in it. You must meditate in the word of God to delight in it. Why? We meditate in the word of God so that we can understand the word. Or I should, I should actually say it this way. Because there's a lot of people that think they understand the word. Because it, it kind of, they figured it out. They've been in this thing long enough. But no, no, no. We meditate in the word of God so the Holy Spirit can bring revelation, knowledge, and true spiritual understanding of God's word. That's why meditation in the word, it's so, so very important. What happens when you do this is your very life is now being conformed to the pattern of Jesus. You're thinking like him, you're speaking like him, you're acting like him in every arena of your life. How do we get conformed to the pattern of Jesus? By hearing his word, right? Submitting to it and meditating in it. And as we keep moving, our life is literally transformed as we renovate the word of God, we'll renovate our thinking. We call it the renewing or the renovation of our mind. How do we do that? That we hear the word, we submit to it, and we meditate in it. As the word of God brings, brings uh, all kinds of things into your life, it's self-perpetuating. Because as, as the word of God is producing things in your life, it causes you to delight more. And so what's happening is you're seeking first the kingdom, you're seeking God, and all these blessings from the word of God are, are just overtaking you. And you're over here in the secret place, worshiping him, rejoicing in him, feeding on him, and he's in the outer court fixing all the junk in your life. And all of a sudden, kids that are not serving God without you doing anything are now serving God. All of a sudden, financial blessing comes out of nowhere, and what you thought was going to take you 7, 8, 10, or 20 years to fix, he fixes in two, or one, or maybe months, or maybe days, and eventually maybe even minutes, and maybe even fixes some things before you even think about it. Why? Because that's not your focus. Your focus is on him. We're talking about the walk of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this tonight. John chapter 15, in verse 4, it says this. John 15, 4. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So in other words, according to this scripture, you and I are the branch. The Bible says that we cannot bear fruit of itself. Isn't that interesting? So you're going to have to give an account for all of your fruit before God, but you can't bear fruit in yourself. Do you see the flow? You need him. No, except it abide in the vine. So Jesus is the vine. We must abide in him to bear fruit. Jesus now, he's going to explain this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, we as American Christians who, you know, we're positive thinkers and we're like, you know what, that's not right. I can do a lot of things in myself. Yeah. And God defines every one of those things as nothing. 
won't be remembered in eternity, won't be talked about, won't bring any fulfillment. There are people, I remember years ago in Southern California, a friend of ours was a financial planner, and he, you know, just a strong believer, and he's like, he goes, Tony, I have clients that have so much money, they could not blow it fast enough, they're making it so fast. And the number one fear of their life is that they are going to, they're going to run out of money before they're done here on the earth. Only Satan can confuse an individual that much, right? But this is, this is he can do that. Here's what I want you to see, and, and I want to leave you with this thought tonight. Jesus is the unlimited vine. He's unlimited. How much health does he want you to walk in unlimited? Therefore, we, as the branch connected to him, can bear and should bear unlimited fruit. The Bible says it this way, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Isn't that good news? An abundant branch is one that has been pruned many times. Ouch. And everybody said ouch, right? So what I, what I want to encourage you tonight, as wonderful, abundant branches, enjoy the prunings. Your flesh, realize, realize the difference between your spirit and your flesh. Your spirit loves the prunings, your spirit gets excited because it means that there's more fruit that's going to be produced. There's more increase coming. Your flesh doesn't like it, but your flesh is stupid. Right? So, so just embrace the prunings and realize this, and I'll, and I'll leave you with this. You, you really unite yourself in fellowship with him as you live in his presence. This is so important. So delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. We're going to keep going with this. I want to encourage you, go back and listen to this. You know, in your week, take notes on this because as you disciple people, you need, they need to know this. This is like kindergarten. We need, to, we, we, need to, we need to know ourselves that we can know God's will for our life. It, it, fuels, it fuels peace and joy and strength. and It just excites you when God starts giving you some of the desires of your heart. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name